Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas Know Best sent you. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. This is Nicole Cumberbatch. I am on with a very special guest, Mrs. Sarah Horowitz. I will do a disclaimer to my podcast community out there. I have laryngitis or recovering from laryngitis. So if I sound a little different, that's why. But anyway, let me go into Sarah's bio. Sarah Horowitz was raised in Broward County, Florida before moving to Gainesville to attend the University of Florida for undergraduate and law school. Sarah remains an avid Florida Gator. During her tenure at the University of Florida Levin College of Law, Sarah studied abroad in Sydney, Australia for a summer semester, which she thoroughly enjoyed. I am sure of it. I hear Asher is absolutely beautiful. She also participated in the Gator Teen Child Juvenile Advocacy Clinic, where she represented children in dependency and delinquency cases. She has been a member of the Florida Bar since 2009. After seeing the need for a firm with a focus on peacefully resolving family law matters, Sarah founded Sarah Horowitz PA, a boutique family law firm. Sarah works closely with her clients in striving to achieve the best outcomes for each case. She has a passion for and has handled a considerable number of uncontested cases, including dissolutions of marriage, paternity cases, and adoptions. Sarah believes you need to embrace and understand the family dynamic in order to excel within family law and to assist parties in reaching amicable resolutions. And through her experience and proven methods, Sarah has successfully helped a number of her clients settle their cases outside of court. Sarah's mission is to empower clients to embrace a new tomorrow. The divorce process in any family law matter does not have to be negative. Sarah, I am so honored to have you on. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you and thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Okay. So before we go into all that you do, let's do my icebreaker round. So what is a favorite TV show of yours or one that you're currently binge watching? So for drama, I would say This Is Us, which um, I'm sad is ending this season. It's definitely one of my favorite shows I've ever watched before. And for comedies that I could watch, you know, over and over again, I would say The Office and Friends, both classics in my house. My husband and I could watch both of those over and over again. 
Office is definitely one of my favorite all time. And this is us. Yeah. It's funny. I think we stopped after season three. I think it was after my son was born. And I always said I wanted to go back because I know from This Is Us so much from like the beginning, like we've missed. But that's another great show. It's it's a beautiful show. Yes, you should. (laughs) Yeah. Who makes up your village? Um, Let's see. My family, my husband, Mark, and our girls, Brielle and Everly. My parents and in-laws and siblings, siblings-in-laws and my mom village comprised of my amazing mom friends and my children's teachers um, that they've had throughout the years. It's very important to have a mom village that you can rely upon. I've definitely been finding that. A hundred percent. It looks like you have a nice village. So that's awesome that you have so many extended family with the parents, the grandparents, siblings. That's, that's awesome and super important. Yeah. They've all been very supportive and yeah, very helpful. I'm sure instrumental in your children's life somehow. What is your superpower? Um, I would have to say organization. So I'm known for, you know, making lists when when things need to be done and, you know, I'll put them in the list of order of importance and necessity. And it's very helpful in both my professional and personal life. I really, once I have something written down in a list, I really work hard to make sure it gets done timely when it's written down. And also, I would say multitasking, I have become really good at since, um, especially since becoming a mother. Yeah, because you have no choice. you got to figure it out and do multiple things at once. I <laughs> exactly. think any mother can do that. <laughs> if you could travel back in time, what period or year would you like to go to? It's a tough one. I think I would say maybe the 1980s or 1990s, which was my childhood time. I feel like the world was a very different place back then for many reasons, and I would love to, you know, have a chance for my girls to be able to experience, you know, that time then. I feel like just the world was very different than now. It definitely was. I had a great, great time growing up in the 80s and 90s. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Hmm. So I, I can't narrow that down to just one. Uh, for places that I've previously been to and loved, I would say Australia, where I studied abroad in law school and I loved it there. Or Hawaii. My husband and I went on our honeymoon there and absolutely loved it. I have a friend who's currently living there and I see on Facebook, she's constantly posting photos. So it's bringing me back to our time there. For a place that I've never been, but I've always wanted to go, I would say Switzerland. My late grandparents and my parents have been several times and it was a very special place for all of them. So I look forward to hopefully getting there in the not so distant future. I don't know if I was watching a movie or maybe it was a video or something. And they said Switzerland was absolutely beautiful. I heard great things about Pictures I've seen are gorgeous. Yeah. Although you can never go wrong with any place in Europe. Europe is just magical altogether. It's just magical. And what are you most looking forward to in 2022? So personally, um, hopefully my kids are being vaccinated and life getting back to a bit more normal after this whole pandemic craziness. And professionally, um, I recently became collaboratively trained and I'm looking forward to handling collaborative family law cases and attending some upcoming collaborative conferences and trainings. I also recently joined a collaborative local practice group in South Palm Beach County. So I'm looking forward to getting more involved within that group as well. And explain a little bit, what is collaborative? What does that mean in the law field? Sure. So collaborative divorce and family law in general, it's a practice where spouses and parties involved agree not to go to court. They agree. It gives the spouses the control of the process and the outcome versus litigation where the courts end up making the decisions. And there's a whole collaborative team that is in place to ensure that the spouses 
really work with each other rather than against each other, as in traditional litigation. And really, they're working together towards mutual beneficial solutions on their critical issues. And I really find it helps, you know, spouses to be able to effectively communicate in the future with one another as well, which is important when children are involved. Yeah, no, I'm sure that makes a world of difference, but okay, great. Well, there's the icebreaker round. And did you want to let my listeners know a little bit any more about you? Or if you want to discuss right into your career and, you know, your journey into becoming a lawyer and starting your own law firm, we can do that as well. So now the ball is in your court. Sure. I can talk a little bit more about myself and my family. Um, So my husband, Mark, and I have been married for over six years, and we have two beautiful girls, Brielle, who will actually be five next week, and Everly, who just turned one and a half. And I've been an attorney since 2009. I'm a Florida Gator, so I went there for both undergrad and law school. I'm an avid Florida Gator football fan, and I'm also an avid Pelotoner, which is a spin bike. Um, I do both spin and strength classes daily from home, and I own my own family law firm, as we'll, I know, discuss it in a lot more detail. Awesome. Okay, so why don't you tell my listeners how you became a lawyer? What was that journey like? Was it something you always wanted to be since you were a child? And the inspiration to kind of start your own law firm? Because from the lawyers that I know, it's like you want to join this large law firm and become partner one day. And that's like the top of the top. But tell a little bit about your journey into law and, and how that all came to be. Sure. So it sounds cliche, but I really did choose to go to law school uh, to become an attorney because I want to help others. And, you know, honestly, throughout undergrad, I, I honestly, I was never one of those people that knew for sure I wanted to go to law school. So I was an undergrad trying to decide what I want to do. I took a lot of psychology classes, a lot of various classes, and I ended up um, deciding I wanted to go to law school. And family law really started, you know, grasping at me because I really wanted to you know, family law really, I feel like, does allow you to help others. In family law, you really, you deal with, you know, very important matters to individuals, you know, matters involving, you know, children, money, property, matters that are going to dire- directly affect their future. And I love really being able to be there for others during these difficult times in, in need for them. I've actually helped um, friends that um, have gone through divorce, and it has meant a lot to each of them to have someone they trust there um, by their side, holding their hands um, through every step of the process. So it, although it's a difficult area of law for many reasons, um, it really does give me that opportunity to re- really be able to give back and help others. And I, for that, I really do enjoy that area of law. Okay. What made you want to start your own law firm and not stick with a law firm that you could become partner with? So actually, for the first several years of my career, I was in dependency law, where so children that are in um, like the foster care system that have been abused, abandoned, neglected. I was first I was a guardian ad litem in that area, so I was um, representing the best interests of children in the dependency system in court. And then I transitioned to the attorney general's office in Broward County, where I was actually prosecuting um, dependency cases as well as termination of parental rights cases. And honestly, I thought I was going to stay there long term. I thought for sure I was going to, you know, be prosecuting these types of cases long term. And then after I had my children or my oldest daughter, I should say, after I had my older daughter, I really started feeling like I wanted to transition away from litigation and I wanted to have a better work-life balance. So I decided to get into family law and I decided to then transition to, initially I'd started on a firm with some uh, partners, but I decided to open my own boutique law firm to really be able to have that niche um, with family law, with that area of law. So family law has a stigma is, you know, usually being very negative, but I've really been learning that it can be very, you know, 
amicable. There are different ways that you can handle cases to really be able to take away the litigation and help parties resolve cases without the need for litigation, which I found has been really helpful to be um, for my clients to be able to resolve cases outside of court. And so I like having that family law firm where now I have that niche to my focus, you know, which I tell all my, you know, consultations is really to try to resolve cases outside of court. I always find that that's best, especially when there are children involved. But even if children aren't involved, it really is best for people to be able to move forward and, you know, move on with their lives in a less acrimonious manner. For sure. And and I know I've said this on my podcast several times, but it is a part of my life. But I was married before. I married young. I was 20, 21, and I had known him since I was 16, right? So I always say in quotes, a kind of high school sweetheart to a certain level. But I mean, we were divorced a few years after. It was quick and not as amicable, but I always say if we would have had children together, like, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what that process would have been like. So I could only imagine someone having children and going through that because it is such a transformative experience to go through divorce. It's so depleting. So I would imagine, you know, having a lawyer like you of someone to be like, look, we're going to try our best or to really walk through with your clients to say, look, remember what you're doing. Because I think in those situations, it can be so easy to just think of me, 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 and what I'm going through and understanding that there's children involved and everything that's going on between you and your spouse at this moment and forward is going to affect those children. So to really break that down. So I can only imagine, because like I said, we were married less than three years. It was a quick divorce. We had some little difficulty where he didn't want to get divorced and all of that nonsense. But thankfully, we didn't have to go to court. Like he signed it and we were done. But I've heard horror stories. So I can only imagine what you've seen in that aspect. But I do want to ask, when you first became a lawyer and had your daughter, how was that transition you're corporate, you're a lawyer, you have your stuff together. I mean, you're you're a lawyer, right? It's the top professional of like, when you think of like professional careers, and then you have your first child. What was that transition like going back to corporate America? Did you have support from your workplace? Like, how, Talk a little bit about that time. So that's, that's actually exactly having my, my oldest daughter, who's, you know, at now almost five, that's exactly what caused me to realize when I, so I had a six month, six month maternity leave, which was amazing. Um, thankfully working for the state, you know, I had great benefits. So she started daycare at six months old. And at that time when I was working for the attorney general's office, I was working like 10 hour days. So she was dropping her daycare and I wasn't seeing her for another 10 hours. And very shortly after I went back from maternity leave, I, I realized that was not for me and that was not going to work for me. So I started you know, thinking about what I wanted to do. I knew I still wanted to be an attorney. I still wanted to practice law, but I wanted to make sure I had that time with her also because, you know, kids are only young for a very short time. I didn't want to be away from her for such long periods of time. And also litigation, you know, when I was prosecuting these cases at the attorney general's office, a lot of that I was bringing home. I mean, I was doing a lot, you know, prepping for trials, you know, at night. And so even when I was home, I felt like I wasn't having, you know, all my time to her. I wasn't able to devote a lot of time to my daughter necessarily. So very quickly, I realized, you know, I wanted to start my own firm that would be able to give me that work-life balance. And then I started seeing the need in family law to have a firm who's really working to peacefully resolve matters rather than a lot of family law attorneys are all about litigation and how much money they can make to get to a trial and whatnot. And thankfully, my husband was very supportive of the decision to transition away from, you know, working for the state and starting my own firm. You know, him, my fa- all of my family support was, you know, crucial Um, especially in the beginning when I was first starting my own farm. 
And how was that like? How does that go from you're working for the state and then to go, okay, you know what? I want to do my own thing. How is that transition? You're basically starting from scratch, you know? Right. It was, yeah, it was definitely tough at first. A lot of networking from the beginning, you know, any connections I had, you know, trying to network, marketing, trying to do as much as I could to start getting my name out there. And word of mouth has become big since then. I would imagine in law that is, right? Because, you know, it's like, how do you market? Hey, if you ever need a family law attorney. But at the same time, I would imagine word of mouth is like, look, I had this great attorney. And then it kind of just grows from there. And how long was it you've had your boutique? How long has it been now? So I've had my own firm. So initially, I, I was with some partners, but that was since um, 2018. And then since last year, I branched off to have my own um, true solo firm. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Perey, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. And then how was it during COVID, you know, having your law firm and, you know, with the courts, like how was that whole thing with family law in the times of COVID? And are you even like going to the courts? Like, is it open per se? So the courts, when COVID all started, they went fully virtually. So all matters were still being handled, but virtually. And even now, a lot of hearings are still being handed virtually, at least the uncontested hearings, which is now my main focus is really trying to you know, have uncontested um, cases for the most part to help my clients in uncontested manners. So for the most part, most judges are allowing those to still be um, virtual, which is great. It's such a time savings and cost savings for my clients, as well as for the attorneys, rather than driving down to the courthouse, dealing with parking and everything, it's so much nicer to just hop on a five-minute um, Zoom hearing with the court. Um, I believe certain hearings, if they're contested, if they're trials, um, a lot of those they're doing in person. But for the most part, um, they're still handling a lot by Zoom. I mean, to me, that's been a big blessing from this pandemic is seeing how you can function remotely and how it, I mean, it really is such a time savings and it can make you a lot more productive. I've done a lot of consultations via Zoom. For the most part, most people prefer that than coming into the office and meeting in person. So that's been working well. So a lot of those have been benefits to me from the pandemic, seeing that we can, you know, function, you know, handling things remotely versus, you know, five minute hearing remotely is so much more productive than coming down in person for it. Sure. Do you think it's something that's going to stay for some time? Do you, do you imagine them changing it or that everyone's like, no, this is working? So thankfully, a lot of the judges are on board with it. There are some, some of the older judges who may, may not be as like, you know, technologically savvy. I think those are the ones that are pushing for more in-person hearings. But most of the judges, I think, like it as well, because it, I think it, it, you know, it's a time savings for them as well. For sure. And I think it just makes it convenient for everyone. But I, yeah, your point is true. It's like the pandemic made us all realize like life goes on. We pivot, we find a way, we have no choice and it is what it is. And so that's been for sure the blessing of it and being like, we can function and we can continue to do what we have to do if we have the certain things in place. Why is it so important to empower your clients to embrace a new tomorrow and not look at the negative side of family law? 
So I have seen firsthand through previous cases of mine, including friends of mine with children similar ages to mine, how litigious court battles can really affect uh, both the children involved as well as the spouses. And even when children are not involved, it is so much better for spouses to be able to move on and be successful, happy, have closure when a litigation and drawn out court battle does not need to take place. You know, I've had cases like, like I said of mine, where we've had litigious, long drawn out court battles, and the children are the ones who've suffered the most. And the spouses, I mean, they haven't been able to co-parent since then. The children are getting pulled in different directions from the parents because the parents are at each other. Versus that I've had, you know, the opposite. I've had these cases where everything's been amicable. We've been able to resolve the matters uncontested. And those are the cases where they're, they're even getting together for holidays. They're sitting down to the, you know, dinner together. If the kids want to eat together, they're able to co-parent. And I mean, it's such so beneficial for the kids as well as the spouses because it really affects the spouse's mom, you know, mental health and their well-being as well when there's these long drawn out court battles. And then even when the case is resolved, it's affecting their co-parenting in the future. It's affecting everything with their life in the future still. So, you know, even in the future, it's hard for them to really move on even after they've been, you know, divorced by the court. So it, it really makes a big difference long-term, I found. So that's why I really want my family law firm to focus on this and to really be able to show, you know, show people that family law doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to have the stigma of being such a negative practice of law that, It can be, you know, a positive area of law where you can resolve cases outside of court and help people, you know, move on with their lives amicably. What does a successful case look like to you then? And what are some things that, let's say, if you do see two people coming in and you can tell it's very hostile, you can tell you're like, whoa, it's a very toxic thing. How do you work through that? Do you accept it? And then how do you work something like that where there is lots of pain and stuff? Talk about that. So what number one, what does this successful case look like to you? And then in those instances where, like I said, it's a hostile case or, you know, situation, how do you work through that? Take your first part on with the successful case. I would say when there's, when we've been able to reach a resolution that my client can, can live with, that they're satisfied with. Ideally, if we reach that without there being a long, you know, aggressive litigious court battle and where the kids have not been negatively affected, spouses are still able to communicate and co-parent effectively following that resolution. To me, that's a truly successful case when there's, you know, if, if someone comes in, it's very acrimonious. I'll, you know, be straight with them and go through, you know, there's different, there's several different ways that a divorce can work. Um, in Florida, there's, you know, the traditional divorce route, which... If that's, you know, if they're coming in very hot headed already, they're going to be headed for, you know, a litigious battle. And then I'll, then I'll describe the collaborative process that I was talking about, as well as an uncontested route that they could go. I and mean, I would explain to them, I mean, there's a huge, besides it being, you know, better for their, you know, mental health and for the children's emotional well-being. And also there's a big cost savings as well as a time savings. So litigation costs a lot more money than when you resolve cases out of court, which is why, you know, a lot of attorneys are in favor of going forward with litigation. You know, it's in the attorney's benefit a lot of times in that sense. So litigation can cost a lot more for, you know, the clients, which I'll be straight up with them about that. And also litigation can take years to actually get to a trial with the court. You know, there's a lot of discovery that can take time to go through all their financial matters. And then, I mean, a lot of judges are very backlogged. So a lot of judges are setting out far out to set, you know, a full one or two day trial. Those are a lot of reasons why settling, you know, collaboratively or, you know, outside of um, litigation would benefit them. So I would go through with them, you know, if they, if they come in hot headed, I would explain, you know, very frank to them the, diff- the different options they have, but then the positives and negatives of each option. 
And then if they're like, yeah, well, this is, if it has to go to litigation, it has to go to litigation, then you're like, all right, I guess we're going to litigation. Is it, is it just that simple? Then it is what it is. Or are there ways like, you know, cause I guess at that point it's over. So it's like, there's no even like therapy or like a, a, a mediator. Like, is there anything like that that can come together to look, let's try and do these little things before. Okay. Yeah. We've tried everything and now we have to go to litigation. So there is under Florida law on um, the parties are required to go to mediation prior to going prior to the court scheduling a trial. So, and usually I would say 85 to 90% of cases do resolve that mediation. Again, it's harder if both parties are very hot-headed. It also matters the attorneys that each of the parties have, if the attorneys are working well together to try to resolve cases, which is another benefit of the collaborative practice that I was talking about, because to do collaborative, both attorneys have to be trained collaboratively. And when you go through that training, you're really taught that you're really focused when you're going the collaborative route and how to resolve a case rather than how to get a case to a trial. And that makes a difference where both um, the spouse's heads are at, as well as the attorneys, that all that makes a big difference. I would imagine. And that's a good point too, because you guys are coming together. You're like, look, you try and finesse them. I'll try and finesse them and work. But then I, on the flip side, if you have someone's like, no, I want to go to litigation because I want to get paid, then you're now working with, in essence, three people that are not totally where your head is at. And then I would imagine you having to work through that again, a two-part, what specifically services do you provide with your law firm? And two, what all encompasses family law? I'll speak for myself. I imagine divorce, child support. That's like the main thing. Of course, I'm sure there's some others. You hear adoptions and stuff, but what services specifically you provide and what's all under the family law umbrella? Those actually go hand in hand together. Um, so I handle all family law. My, my firm is family law focused. So all of the matters that I handle are family law. And now, so I really try to handle them all in this collaborative or uncontested manner when I'm able to. So I handle collaborative and family law practice for divorce, paternity, pre-suit negotiations where parties are trying to resolve a case before they even file anything, name changes, post-judgment matters, prenuptial agreements, um, in-family adoption. So that's step-parent, relative, foster care, adult adoptions. And I also do consulting services for other family law attorneys. So in essence, I'll help other family law attorneys with behind the scenes work so they can focus on litigation. So I'll do like motion drafting, pleadings, research um, for other family law attorneys to assist them. And then you were saying and basically it goes hand in hand. So basically the services you provide, that's really also all under the umbrella. So you provide everything that falls under the umbrella of family law. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Before we kind of get into my discussion on Sarah and, you know, how Sarah runs her boutique law firm, your wife, your mom, you also have your own things that you like to do for yourself. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss or talk about it, you feel you want to come across when people think of family law or regarding your law firm? Is there anything else you want to say on that aspect? I would love for your listeners to know that divorce and all family law matters do not have to be negative. They don't have to have this negative stigma. They really can be a positive, life-changing experience. And again, I really hope to be a, a driving force in the, the whole collaborative movement, which is it's it's a very new practice in the family law arena. And I'm I'm really excited about it. I really think it's a very positive direction for family law to be going in. It sounds like it. And I know we discussed, and I'll, I'll put this out here, about doing a webinar and something to really kind of bring to the community. So I think that would be something great to talk about as well. And I can see that it's something that you want to bring forward. So that's that's awesome. Okay, so why don't we get into it? So you're all of these things, a daughter, a sister, a friend, 
how do you make time for your self-care and time with your husband? For self-care, um, Peloton, again, like I said, has been life-changing for me. So I every week I make a workout schedule for myself based on how my week looks. And I really work hard to ensure I stick to it. So again, when I have a list made for myself written down, it really helps me to make sure I stick to it. And Peloton's really been life-changing for me with young kids. So since I have it in my home, so I'm able to do cardio, strength, workouts, all in the comfort of my own home at the time that works best for me. So I daily make sure I work out, which for me is a big part of self-care. Also, I'll, you know, I'll do my nails weekly. I do color street. So again, I can do that from home at the time that works best for me. I would say for self-care, those are the, the main things for myself that I do. And then I think your second part was making time for my husband, which I agree with you. That's, you know, super important. So we, we make sure we spend time together each night after the kids go to sleep. Our girls go to sleep pretty early, especially compared to most of my friends that I've spoken to. So we're lucky about that. They do go to sleep um, pretty early. So after they go to sleep, we'll relax by, you know, watching TV together or a movie and we try to do date nights as often as we can. The pandemic has definitely made that more challenging, but you know, when, in the heart of the pandemic, we started doing, you know, date nights in where we bring in from a nice restaurant. We'll do like popcorn and movie dates at home or game nights. I've definitely seen in my line of work how often once people have kids, it becomes just about the kids and that can really affect a marriage. So we really, we do work hard to make sure that we make time for each other, which is important for our kids to see also. My my older daughter's cute. She'll even help me, you know, pick out a dress for me to wear on a date night, whether it's a date night at home or we're going out. She loves to like help with that. And we'll also make sure, you know, we always make time to, you know, give each other a hug and kiss before we're leaving for the day or when we get home at the end of the day, which again is important for the kids to see also. I think that's important for kids to see, you know, their parents, not just as their parents, but see, you know, that they're in this lovely relationship with each other. They're affectionate with each other. They're, you know, going on a date with each other. And, you know, it's good for the kids to see that as well. For sure. I love how you said of giving a hug and a kiss, because I think a lot of times we forget that when my son was first born, he's like a mama's boy through and through. And I'm so affectionate with him. And I was like, oh my gosh, when I give Jace a kiss, because I'm giving him like 20 kisses a day, I'm like, I'm not giving my husband 20 kisses a day. So I like how you said that because I think sometimes we forget the importance of saying goodbye and having even sometimes if it's just a hug and that affection and what that means. Funny enough, you said that about having family and for the kids to see that. So long story short, my son had my phone and I was like, Jace, I need my phone. I have to text someone and tell him, I said him, that I can't make the call. So he said something and then I said like him again. And he goes, you're talking to a guy? <laughs> oh my and gosh, like, that's so funny. Yes. And he's like, a guy? And I'm like, yes. And he had like this surprise look. And I'm like, what's the look for? Mind you, he's four. And he's like, I didn't know you could talk to other guys. I just thought you talked to your girls, that your friends that are girls. And he thought it was just mind blown that I could talk to another man other than like my husband and my father and putting two and two together. So I thought that was just hilarious. Oh, that is hilarious. That's very cute. Yes, that like I could have. And I was like, yes, Jace, I talked to men and women. He was like, what? And like still like mind blown. So that's just oh a little tidbit. Of, of <laughs> that's very cute. Okay, so what do you do to relax and unwind for the day? And what do your morning and nighttime routines look like for you? 
Let's see. So to relax and unwind for the day, um, I'll, you know, do a workout and then I'll do time, you know, make time with my husband. So we'll relax, watch TV together, um, you know, before bed. We'll always try to watch a comedy right before bed. So if we do, you know, a drama, we'll always try to go to, you know, go to watch a comedy like The Office or Friends right before bed. And also we've gotten into doing sleep meditations. We'll do a sleep meditation right before bed, which I found really helps me to get a good night's sleep then. That's awesome. And how can my listeners connect with you? Through, you know, Facebook, social media, also my website. They can schedule a consult directly on my website. They can also um, download a free resource that I have on my website regarding how to have a peaceful divorce, harowitzlawpa.com. And check out the, download the free resource if they want to get some more information about having a peaceful divorce. Perfect. And do you have any other final thoughts to the podcast community? See, I would say enjoy every moment with your kids because time really does fly once you have them. I heard a quote recently um, that said, appreciate the moments before they become memories, which really hit home for me. And also from The Office, which is probably my favorite show, um, there's a quote in that I wish in the finale, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them, which the takeaway you know, from that is to live in the moment as much as possible. And lastly, I would say to find your your motherhood village. To me, that's definitely been life changing. The mom friends that I've you know connected with, and it's important to have you know others to get advice from, bounce ideas off of, and both gives your kids someone to play with, but gives you someone to connect with as well. I agree a hundred percent on all of that. I love those two quotes. So profound and so true. Thank you for sharing, and thank you, Sarah, for so much for coming on for sharing your story and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mamas Know Best We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at nicolegconsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for an another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.